Would others refer to you as a gym rat? Pastor Ed Taylor challenges us to apply that same dedication to an area of even greater importance. The church isn't about what we can do for you. The church is about what we can do for God. It's not what we can get. It's what we can give through our lives. That's why we were saved. We were saved to be a vessel for God, to bring him pleasure, to bring him honor. We were saved to to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a great passage. And I think those of you that work out physically, you already have it in you to work out spiritually. Just do it. Just apply yourself. You make an appointment with the gym, make an appointment with the Word. You spend an hour and a half in the gym, spend an hour and a half in the Word. Go through a Bible study. Read a book about the Bible. Read the Bible. Pray. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Well, what's your favorite restaurant these days? Maybe a great Italian or Mediterranean place comes to mind. You go there most likely because the food and the service is good. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor likens the church to a restaurant where you go to get fed a good meal. We'll hear more about what the church should be today in just a moment. It's part of our series in the Gospel of John, but we'll spend a good amount of time in Romans today. Secondly, the church is not only a hospital, but a restaurant. A restaurant. Just like you and I, we have favorite restaurants. A place where believers and non-believers alike can come and receive a well-prepared feast in God's Word. The highest responsibility that I have, besides my holiness before the Lord, is to be a man of prayer and study of the Word of God. That's what God has called me to. A man of prayer and And studying the Word of God to might prepare a message to teach you. This needs to be a place where you receive a well-balanced message from God's Word. From Genesis to Revelation, Jesus is on every page, both in type and in reality. And it's my responsibility to teach you the Word of God, all of it, from beginning to end. The whole counsel of God. The good things, you know, we're at Memorial Day, so there's going to be a lot of barbecues. And many of you are going to put on that steak you have been waiting to barbecue. Now, for those of you that aren't eating meat right now, you vegan, vegetarian, you just put it all together and make a steak out of it, whatever you eat. I don't know what you eat. Tofu, um, kale, whatever. Just put it all together. You put that on the barbecue. But for me, the Bible says that uh, the Word of God is meat. So we're going to put meat on the barbecue. Don't be offended. We're just going to put it on the barbecue. And it's good. It's all seasoned and every, you've been waiting for this day. Family's coming over. You make food, meat for all of them. And you just bite into it. It's so juicy. And then also as, on the side, you got some potato salad, may, maybe a baked potato. So you serve that. And then you've got to serve Brussels sprouts, peas, carrots, that white stuff. What is that white stuff? Cauliflower. It's tasteless. Why do we eat that? And before you save the emails... Before you say, put enough butter on anything, it tastes good, just save your emails. But the Brussels sprouts, those are nasty. Those are just nasty. They are totally affected by the fall. You know that. (laughs) Not what God intended. 
and they're nasty. So, you know, the steak is good, the potato salad's good, and then, okay, Junior, eat your Brussels. I don't want to eat my Brussels, but no, I hate Brussels sprouts is like talking about sin, man. It's just nasty. But you got to talk about it. They're good for you. <laughs> they're healthy in some way. I don't know why. They're healthy. And whenever you go to the store, they're always off by their side. What do they mean? Like, do they not get along with the other vegetables and they just got a bad rep? But they're, you got to have the meat, you got to have the potatoes, and yes, you got to have the Brussels sprouts. And any church you go to has to give you the whole counsel of God. You got to understand that. And just for the sake of maybe pastors listening in right now, uh, leaders in churches, maybe you're here visiting, from, you, you, you can't feed your people cotton candy every day all the time over and over again you can't do that it's making them sick sick to their stomach it's not good for them it isn't substance it isn't the word of, you can't just well everything's going to be fine everybody's going to be happy just smile that's what god said no no you can't just i mean parents you're with me on this there comes a point where you just no more candy no more candy. You give them a little bit of candy. And so we have a little bit, if you will, of cotton candy. We'll laugh together. We'll make a goofy joke together. You know, I was taught, I was discipled that when you're teaching the Bible, you need to, to include some things to get people laughing because when they're laughing and the ha ha ha, that's when you take the truth and you just go whoom, right in their open mouth. <laughs> See, I'm doing that right now. I'm getting you. You're with me. Cotton candy is not going to make you grow. It's going to make you sick. It's going to make you sick. And some of you parents might have even shown this where your kids are begging, 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 begging. And you say, okay, finally, you can have two Snickers bar. Go ahead. You can have what? What? I got this. Yeah, just have it. I'm telling you, you're going to get sick. I'm not going to get sick, daddy. No, you're going to get sick. You're going to be on the, you're going to be in the bathroom, son, in about a half hour. Oh, it's going to be fine. And where are they in 20 minutes? They're sick to their stomach. And a lot of, a lot of men today that are in the pulpits, a lot of people that have been entrusted with spirit, they're just sticking to cotton candy because the Bible says in the last days people are going to heap up for themselves teachers that will tickle their ears. And cotton candy tickles the ears. It tastes good. If you, if you like sugar, if you're a sugar junkie, you know, you love cotton candy. That's the best. But besides pouring sugar down your throat, cotton candy is just spun sugar. That's all it is. And the Word of God has those sweet times, those meaty times. But it also has times of, whoa, what was that? I didn't come to church to hear that. I didn't, I, whoa, that's, wait a minute, that's my life. How does he know what's going on in my life? How does he know what's going on in my heart? Well, God knows. And we as a church need to be like a restaurant. You have a favorite restaurant for one reason and one reason only. You like the food. You don't go back to restaurants that you don't like the food. Now, you might if somebody makes you, but then you sit there mad and don't order anything, and you just get a water, and then you say, I don't like the water either. Like, we don't go to restaurants that we don't like. You go to restaurants most likely because there's a dish or two that you really like, and you want someone else to cook it for you, and you have a favorite restaurant. You like the ambiance. You like that. That's why you go. Rarely are we finding ourselves at restaurants that we don't like. What am I doing here? I hate this food. And it takes a couple of those times before you, hey, you need to be in a place like the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that from childhood you've known the scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation, he tells Timothy. Thirdly, the church is like a training center, a training center. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 verse 6, you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Men and women should come to their church to be taught, strengthened, and supported in the ministry. To be trained up. 
And you could say in a very real way, the church is training ground, training ground for ministry, training ground for parents, training ground for, for grandparents, for singles, for those that are married, training on how to be an employee, training how to be in life, how to own a business. God has a word for you. We've been given all things, the Bible says in First Peter, all things pertaining to Second Peter to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So we're to be trained. Fourthly, I see the church as a gymnasium, as a gym. As a gym, a place where believers can discover and exercise their spiritual gifts. We can build one another up in the faith. You know, some of you are so dedicated to your bodies that when I mention a gym, you totally get it. You're there six days a week. You know about muscles and parts of your body that none of us know about. We'd, we would never know about it unless we... And so you're just in it, man. You're eating the right thing. You're working it out. And I say, good, take care of your temple. As a church, we would do well to take care of our bodies. These are the vessels that God uses to reach the next generation. We would do good to not be gluttonous. We would be good to, put, to do well to put good food into us and work out. The Bible says bodily exercise profits a little. It's true. It's true. But some of you, you're so good at the gym, but you're no good in the world, in the word. If you would just take the same dedication, can you imagine? I'm not saying either or. I'm not saying leave the gym. No, do both. Man, totally take care of yourself. But then take that same dedication and know things about the Word that you don't know about. I mean, study to show yourself approved. Know about this nuance. Know how this works. Memorize the Scriptures. I mean, can you imagine what the body of Christ would be like today if, it, if the church was treated like a gym? Not, not coming in and saying, oh, you know, what can you do for me? The church isn't about what we can do for you. The church is about what we can do for God. It's not what we can get. It's what we can give through our lives. That's why we were saved. We were saved to be a vessel for God, to bring him pleasure, to bring him honor. We were saved to, to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a great passage. And I think those of you that work out physically, you already have it in you to work out spiritually. Just do it. Just apply yourself. You make an appointment with the gym, make an appointment with the word. You spend an hour and a half in the gym, spend an hour and a half in the word. Go through a Bible study. Read a book about the Bible. Read the Bible. Pray. Amazing what the church would happen. Finally, well, really, number five, it's not finally. The church is a launching pad, a launching pad, where those that are saved and discipled and equipped are sent out into the world, as you and I will be in a moment. Beautiful pictures, a hospital, a place where you can get a well-balanced meal, a restaurant, a place where you can be trained, a place where you can work out, a place where you leave, and now in Romans chapter 12, Paul adds one more. Now there's many more, but Paul adds one more. If you'll notice with me in verse 1 of chapter 12, Paul says, I beg you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He talks about your physical body, present it to God. He says in verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. The idea behind conformed, if you like to write in your Bibles, you can circle it. You could write next to it being pressed into a mold. That's really what the word means. The world has a way of doing things. The world system that we live in has a way of thinking. The world system has a philosophy. It's really a godless philosophy that's rooted in secular humanism. And you and I have to really fight against the world making us into something that we're not. That we don't think like the world. That we don't speak like the world. That we don't get involved. Now we are in the world, but we're not of the world. The world is antagonistic, so much so that John would have to say to us that anybody that loves the world doesn't have the love of God in them. That's how antagonistic the system is. 
You don't have the, you have, you, you're loving the world right now. You're being conformed into the world's image. But instead, notice, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The idea of being transformed, I mean, everything is in the mind. Your th- mind is very important. Because the Bible teaches, and I believe the devil believes it, is that whatever you believe is going to dictate how you behave. So the battle's in the mind. Be transformed in your mind. Believe God at his word. Be built up in faith. Trust him. He has much to say about life. His philosophy, God's philosophy, God's wisdom, God's truth trumps this world. This world is passing away. This world is passing away, but the word of God will not pass away. He says that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Verse 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And here's the next description. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Paul describes us as a body. As a body, called out ones, assembled, hospital, restaurant, training ground, gymnasium, launching pad, body. Just like your body. Many members, but one unit. The church, you could say, is diversity in unity. Diversity in unity. We're all unique and individual, like the Bible says. We're individual. You are who you are by the grace of God. I am who I am. I'm not you, you're not me. We're individual, but we're also the body. We all have our place. This is where he jumps off and then begins to talk about the spiritual gifts, having then gifts, verse 6, differing by the grace given to us. We're one body, but we're also individual. We're many different parts existing for one purpose. And Paul encouraged us to present our physical bodies to the Lord in verse 1, but now he's using that same picture to say, look, the church is to be presented to God as one. Unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. It's a great picture because our bodies are made up of all sorts of individual parts. Hands, feet, mouths, ears, noses. They're all unique and all needed. All very specific. Can you imagine what it would be like if you woke up one morning and your hands started talking to you? And they looked you in the face and said, we are going on strike today. And I am not going to help you today. Good night. And you're like, wait a minute. I need you. Hands are important. I can't build a house without hands. Now, of course, my hand, I don't build houses, by the way. Um, My hands, if you've ever shaken my hand or seen my hands, they are soft and delicate, dishwater safe. They were created for keyboards. That's what my hands were created for since I was a kid. I don't fix things. As a matter of fact, I was just thinking of this yesterday. I thanked a brother. I'm surrounded by many brothers and sisters that are very talented in things, which I am not. And and I was thinking as the springtime came and we were going to mow our lawn, I can't say that I thought about it the first time we mowed our lawn because the first time we mowed our lawn this year, Marie refused to wait for me and she went and did it herself. So the second time I got the lawnmower out, the Lord just impressed upon my heart to thank a brother. And so I did. I shot up a prayer uh, and I thanked this brother and I finally got to do it last night in person. But I just thanked him because he took care of my lawnmower. Because my lawnmower is 16 years old. I never changed to say the same oil in there for 16 years. I didn't know you changed oil. Like, and there's a spark plug there. I didn't know. I don't even know what. What, what does that do? And how? I don't know. And then it wasn't cutting grass anymore. I didn't know you had to sharpen those dumb things on. I do now. 
But I don't pay attention to that stuff. I just go vroom, 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 and just do it. That's, it does what it's made to do. But this brother took some time when I, I was telling him this a while back, and he says, I need to go fix your lawnmower. And I said, bro, please do, because I don't know how, I don't know. And he did, and as I was cutting the grass, I was thankful for that part of the body, because that part of the body sharpened up everything, put whatever the oil, whatever he needed to do to take care of that. Now, it, I, I, while I can't fix things and build things, I can't do any of that. If you have a problem with your computer, I could fix that, probably. If you have a problem with your phone, I've got the solution. Get rid of the Android. <laughs> I know a lot of you guys have Android. you know why? Because we look at the stats on our app, and more people downloaded our app on Androids than they did on Apple devices. We know that. We can follow you. No, don't clap. Don't clap. <laughs> Not good. Not good. We could follow you around. Everything. You got that app. We know exactly where you're at at all times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I just think that, brother, you probably have people in your life like that. They're just so talented. Like God's given you gifts so you can help the body of Christ. He's given you gifts so you can help a widow or a single mom or a knucklehead like me that doesn't know how to fix anything that you just can spend. It, it, you could spend 15 minutes and fix something that I don't have any idea what I'm doing. Like God has put us in the body for that. We're all many members. The hands can't just wake up and say, I don't want you. I'm not going to work with you today. I, I'm on strike until I get better pay or better gloves or whatever. You always put me in your, hand, in your pockets. I hate that. I'll start working again. I mean, if your hands are talking to you, by the way, like some of you are going, yeah, my hands just said that. The other, talk to a pastor. Please call one of the pastors because hands don't talk. But it's a dumb illustration, isn't it? It's silly. Listen, it's the same thing when you don't serve in the body of Christ. It's silly and unnecessary. You can't just get, I don't, I'm not going to serve in the body of Christ. You can't just sit on your hands here in the church. This isn't like going to a football game or to a baseball game where you sit in the stands and you watch. You are in the game. And there's a cloud of witnesses, the Bible says, that are watching you in the game of life, serving the Lord with joy and gladness, using the gifts that God has given to you, a measure of faith, a gift to be used or more. God wants you in the game. We're on mission with Jesus Christ. We are his body, his hands, his feet. And one part of the body affects the rest of the body. That's why we need to preach about sin. That's why we need to preach about repentance, even to believers. Because when one member of the body suffers, we all suffer. You know that to be true in your own body. Have you ever stubbed your toe before? It's painful, but what part of your body hurts? The whole thing. He's like, well, I thought I just stubbed my toe, but have you ever had lower back pain, sciatica? What, what hurts? You ever had a migraine headache? Your whole body hurts. You ever been punched in the gut? Your whole body shuts down. That's how it is in the body of Christ. We're here for one another. We're individual, but we're also part of the body. And you're needed and necessary. You are needed in this church. If you have ever heard someone say, that you're not needed and oh, that church is so big they don't need you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. It's not true. Whether you're a church of 20 people or a church of 20,000, everyone is needed. Everyone is a part of the body of Christ and every part of the body is needed. You are both a member of your congregation, but you're a needed member. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Ed, I've heard you say that before. And, you know, as a matter of fact, a couple weeks ago, I filled out a ministry application and nobody called me back. You know, now, not only am I not needed, but nobody calls. Nobody cares. Listen, that's another lie from the pit of hell. I know the staff here personally and their wives and their kids. I know the lay leaders here, many of the lay leaders that work 50, 60 hours in their job. 
and then come and serve in a capacity because they sense the calling of God on their life. So they serve here as they're exercising their gift and they go right back to work. Some people right after service go right back to work. I know all the leaders here and I know many, almost all of the servants that serve here in one way or another. And I want to affirm to you that they love you, that they care for you. And if you didn't get a call back or you're waiting, it could just be a mistake. And we need to cut each other some slack. Don't let the enemy lie to you like nobody cares. Maybe it was just a mistake. Maybe a piece of paper got filed wrong. Maybe they got caught up in their own personal life or something going on in their family. Maybe their mom just found out that there's a serious diagnosis and now they're, having a, they're distracted. Like, like love, because love keeps us together, love covers a multitude of sins. And maybe you just need to call back. Or come up after a service and say, Ed, you describe me. Somebody, I've been waiting for a call and I haven't. Well, you tell me and I will go right to the person and say, why haven't you called them back? They think you don't care. And it'll be a discipleship moment for them. But don't come to the conclusion that we don't care. Oh, the church is so big now, we don't care. Look, the, the church, it used to be all this stuff was done by me in my basement. My cold, freezing cold basement. That was my office. It was so cold one year that my poor little hands, I went and got those half-fingered gloves. You guys know those? Because I thought if I got these half-finger gloves, I'd keep half of my hands warm and then I could type. You can't type with those, so forget about it. Save your money. You can't type about it. So, so I, I remember being down there, and I would do all of the welcome cards, and I would write all of the letters, and, and I would do all the callbacks on the ministry apps until it got too much for me. And then I had to hand it off to someone. And, you know, I even made mistakes back then. Things got caught up, and, you know, you got like, well, Ed, you're just so busy. No, I was born for this. And so was everybody on staff, and so was every lay leader. We may have made a mistake, and I'm just asking on behalf of our church, please forgive us. It's just a mistake. And if it's not a mistake, and I really, there, there are people surrounding me that really don't care, they will either come back to their first love of their heart for caring for the Lord, which will care for you, or they won't be here for very long. They have to care for you. That's why they're here. They're the example. We're here to care and to serve. Well, thanks for joining us today for Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor delivered a portion of his message, The Church is a Body. You can hear it again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Ed, as you were describing what the church should be today, a hospital, a restaurant, a training center, a gym, and a launching pad, what would you say to the person who finds themselves in a church where that's really not taking place like it should? Maybe they're not being fed a well-prepared feast from God's Word. Well, Larry, here's what I would say. We need to be in a very strong, healthy, well-balanced church that takes God's Word seriously Yes, there have been many, there are many gatherings. There, there's a lot of entertainment, a lot of things in the pulpit today, in churches today that really don't reflect the teaching of the Word of God, don't really reflect even things that can sound very liturgical and very uh, on and on the list goes. And, and let me just say, as you guys hear, I'm not in awe, uh, do I think, or am I advocating that we've got it down perfect either like we're growing in grace as well. But I do know this. We're committed to the systematic teaching of God's word. We're committed to being surrendered to the Holy Spirit. We're committed to helping you grow in a discipleship. Jesus said to make disciples. And you want to be uh, in a place where these things are in your church, where you hear the word of God. You And when you hear it, it speaks right to your heart that you can be in a place that cares for the world, not a museum, but a hospital, all of the things that I've shared, 
And this is real dear to my heart. And I want you to know that God has a local congregation near you that will feed you, love you, care for you, disciple you. But really, the essence is to get you dependent upon the Lord and walking with the Lord and looking to the Lord. And I think it's important that you find a church that goes that goes through the Bible verse by verse, not just uses it or puts it up on the pulpit or something, but like uh, not not when I mean use it, I mean just kind of pick a scripture and then talk about a movie. Oh, let's look at the latest movies and we'll tell you what the Bible has to say. None of you need the word. Period. You need the word. The place you're going to get it is in your church, and fortunately, it, you can get it right here on this radio station too. So. Bless you guys. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. All this month, we're featuring an excellent book by Scott Sauls titled, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen. We all have regrets, hurts, and fears, and they can weigh us down, even make us feel like there's no way out. In Beautiful People Just Don't Happen, you'll learn how God redeems regret, hurt, and fear in the making of better humans. And we'll send it your way for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace today. Call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. Again, we're at 877-30-GRACE. We'll return to the Gospel of John next time out on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.